0: Hello and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast this week talking about Google Stadia which is shutting down for good this January coming and joining me as ever it's Eurogamer's news reporting team we've got Ed Nightingale hello and Liv Naan hello and I'm Tom Phillips and the question this week is Google Stadia? Was it always doomed from the start? We will discuss that. We will talk about what's next for the games that are included as part of the Google Stadia program. We'll look back on how it launched, um, some of the exclusives that it's had over time and the sort of the life cycle of the company is it feels like for a while Google has been preparing itself and people for this announcement that it's just completely not interested in Stadia anymore and it's abandoning it. And, uh, you know, this follows sort of other announcements in the past that it it, it was stopping internal game development and that it, this technology might be used in other parts of the company, but that Stadia hadn't obviously done what it wanted to do. Uh, and then this week we got the news um, on Thursday that Stadia was ending, finishing and would wrap up by uh, the end of January. 2023, Uh, which is a big deal for people who have paid in. You know, they've spent money on, in some cases, hardware, like a little Chromecast, uh, controllers, on games, on the subscription. And all of this is going away. Um, Google has said that people will get refunds on this stuff. We're still exactly to hear how this will all play out and uh, when and Uh, where these refunds will materialize. But uh, this does seem to have come um, as a bit of a surprise to many people, including people working on Stadia games and on Stadia itself. Um, Ed, this has come as a bit of a shock to some people in the games industry, not just consumers, isn't that right?
1: It has, yeah. There are a number of developers who are in the process of developing games for stadia and didn't know about this um which sucks (laughs) um in a way i would i don't want to say it's understandable um but you know this sort of announcement may have been leaked um early had had the news got out sooner um but i can't imagine how shocking that must be for someone who is is working on a game for a platform and then suddenly that platform doesn't exist anymore or won't exist anymore um I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe these developers can turn it around for other platforms and still make use of their work. Um, but yeah, it's it's a sudden shock for a lot of developers. Um, I'm not sure if it's such a shock for the wider industry necessarily. I feel like I'm not super shocked by it. Um, I'll admit, I've never used Stadia. Um, it was just not on my radar, to be honest, as, as something to use. Um, so it's not something I've really delved into. Um, but I feel like I'm not massively surprised that it hasn't worked out, just because I feel like we haven't heard that much about it. There haven't been many exclusive games. Um, it hasn't been reported on as much as other platforms. Um, and considering it's Google, it's a huge corporation, um, you'd think that they'd be wanting to push this more. And I just feel like it hasn't had that, Buzz around it that that you've seen with other platforms, um, so I'm in some ways not that surprised, um, but it's obviously still a shock when these things happen.
0: Yeah, let's take it back to 2019 when Stadia was due to come out, and uh, we heard about the initial launch proposition. Um, Live, this is before your time at Eurogamer, but do, do you remember hearing about Stadia back in the day? Do you remember sort of some of your early thoughts on it and what? You were thinking at the time was this something that you were at all interested in
2: i thought it was cool i think you know streaming games as like a concept is 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 you know it's pretty cool it means that people you know don't have to have like the most recent consoles to be able to play you just need a screen and a controller and whatever to stream and then you know you can play anything but my initial thoughts when it first sort of got announced um was skepticism (laughs) i won't lie um a lot of the download speeds needed for it kind of people just don't have and that was sort of my biggest kind of doubt about it
0: yeah there were some pretty hefty requirements being banded around i remember um when it first launched sort of expected things that you'll need. And it only launched in certain countries to start off with because um, there is this sort of speed limit to internet in a lot of places for people. And and Stadia was sort of uh, out of everybody's, uh, well not everybody's, but out of some people's um, abilities to use. There was also quite a confused pricing structure. I remember Uh, I wasn't like not hugely interested in jumping into it. Uh, at the get-go because they had this pricing structure which was sort of paid early access. Uh, like You pay to enter into um, a, almost like a beta period for this uh, technology where you um, were paying for a Chromecast Ultra. You're also paying for the Stadia Pro subscription and you're paying for the games as well. And this was confusing to a lot of people. There were lots of different parts to this. I think... Um, when it was announced and it was announced that Google was doing it, you know, a company with a really good network infrastructure, you were thinking, well, you know, if anyone could make it work, it'd be Google. But then they sort of fell down with the more basic stuff. Like as a consumer, I want a clear pricing plan. I want to know what I'm getting for my money and it to be good value for money because this is, this is an investment. Whereas Google was seeing it as like, let's get people in early and get them to pay because, uh, Well, it sort of reminds me of VR in a way. Like the people who really like VR, like Arian on the video team here at Eurogamer is a massive VR advocate. He's very, he's all in on VR. And I think you're seeing the stages of VR evolve as people put money into the concept of it and the technology then gets better over time. And I think Google kind of treating Stadia in, in the same way so the the Stadia that launched originally, you know, you needed a dongle for it. Um, and that, that requirement eventually it came out on phones and, and other things, apps for your TV and stuff over time. But to start off with, it felt like I, I, I don't want to pay for something that's going to get better. Like, I don't care about it that
1: much right
0: now. That was how I was feeling anyway.
1: Yeah, I think pricing is one of the major downfalls of this. I mean... It it was overly complicated. I think, as Liv said, you know, um, the technology, I think, isn't quite there in terms of people's internet speeds to make this work. Um, And I think that was the first major downfall. The second is that there just wasn't enough support in terms of actual games. Like, a console lives and breathes by its games. And if there just aren't exclusives available, no matter what your platform, if not exclusives, at least good good third-party games. Um, I don't think there was enough support for it but yeah I think the pricing structure is is also a major reason it was just too confusing for people and I think that idea of I'm paying a subscription for access but then I have to pay extra for the games I think is a massive turnoff for a lot of people and I can sort of appreciate that you know if I want to play games on a PlayStation I have to buy the console and then the games Um, and I guess that subscription fee in a way is your sort of console cost but Ultimately, is that going to be more over time? Um, but, you know, I think the simplicity of something like Game Pass is that you pay one fee and this is what you get access to. Even PlayStation with PS Plus has these complicated tiers that I think people don't still don't quite understand what they're getting. Um, and I think Stadia was similar in that, you know, you've got to pay a subscription, but then you've got to pay extra for those games. And the problem is you don't own those games. And we're seeing that now with people saying, well, how do I access this game now? How do I access my save file? Um, You know, if, if I can't upload it to the cloud and download it on another platform, I've put hundreds of hours into something potentially that I now can't play. And I don't own that. And I think that's been a problem with the entire concept of streaming, whether it be music, films, game, whatever, is that there's just a distinct lack of ownership and that I think is sort of okay if you're paying a subscription, but if I'm paying for a specific game on top of that, I want access to that. And if you're now, now that it's you know shutting down, you're taking that away from me. Where's my money gone? And I think people maybe foresaw that and thought I don't want to be part of that at all.
0: Gaming preservation is a big side uh, to this, and we've seen today people coming up with lists of games. There are a few that uh will seemingly just no longer be playable in any shape or form when Stadia disappears. Stadia did not have very many exclusives. And, and yeah, you're right. And and maybe, you know, some of these issues with pricing and uh putting up with poor internet connections, maybe people some more people would have bought into all of this um if there had been exclusives there. And and to be fair, you know, Google sort of tried to make some inroads into game development itself it had um internal game studios such as um what well, it had jade raymond um working on stadia games for a while um the journey to the was it journey to the forbidden planet uh, it's gonna annoy me that's not quite the title but it did have some exclusives that have now gone on to other platforms as stadia sort of um drifted and and it was quite clear that things were shutting down. But yeah, um, preservation is this massive thing. And I think it, it's different for games in that I, most other mediums, you know, still have physical ownership in a way that games is, is already trying to like drift away from. Like um, if, a, if a film comes out, you know, you can still go buy the Blu-ray if you want to. You can, you know, so you have a way of watching that if you're going away on holiday somewhere without internet. Or you just really like that thing, and you want to have it on your shelf. You know, books, same thing, music, same thing. But we're seeing games launch through streaming services, which, like, as we're seeing with Stadia, are, you know, are liable to shutting down. So, yeah, I can I can definitely see people being concerned by this and
1: the potential future that, uh, that this sort of opens the door to. Yeah, I will say um, that. I think in some ways I feel sort of positive about streaming as a concept. I think that it is the future. I think that it's a massive accessibility bonus uh, in terms of access to games because it's just easy. Um, and I can I can completely imagine a world where you pay your subscription, you have access to whatever games you want, um, and you just pay that and it's just super easy but it just feels like we're nowhere near that point. Um, Partly from a technological point of view, as we've already said. Um, But we're seeing other platforms also incorporate streaming. Xbox are doing it, PlayStation are doing it. Um, Even on Switch, you can get cloud versions of games. And I myself haven't actually used any of these um, just because I'd rather own the game myself. Um, But from what we've seen from reports, none of these seem to really work very well. You know, as soon as a game is announced for Switch, and you're like, oh my God, that's coming. Oh, it's a cloud version. And you know that it's not gonna run very well. I remember the Kingdom Hearts um, games, and they are extortionate (laughs) for a cloud version um, that doesn't run very well, um, from what people have said. Um, It just feels like we're a little bit too early um, to really be jumping on it just yet. Like you say, with VR, it needs early adopters to start paying and, and, and advancing the technology, but it feels like we're just not there yet. And I think part of my concern with streaming is similar to what's happened with, with music in some ways. Um, you know, I remember, now I'm gonna show my age, um, going to the store, going to HMV and like buying a CD and buying the album and being like, right, I love this artist, I really like the CD, I'm going to purposefully listen to this on repeat to get my money's worth because this is all I have is this CD. And now I listen to music on Spotify or whatever your preferred streaming platform. And you don't own that music. And for me, music has really sort of lost some of its value. It's really easy to just jump into a song. I don't like that. Listen to something else. And I feel a little bit like that with game pass with, with the access that we have to games with a subscription service. And in some ways, it's nice because you might try something that you never would have because you've got access to it. But on the other hand, you know, where's is there enough value in that? Do we do we jump off games too quickly now and don't give it a chance because we haven't invested money in it? And how much of that money is then going to the developers? Um, you know, musicians are making very little money off streaming. Are we going to end up seeing a similar thing with gaming? Um, and well, Game Pass. I, everyone seems to agree that Game Pass is
0: is a good deal for developers, and and certainly in terms of access, it is. Uh, I think if you are trying more games, you will have that feeling that you're probably jumping off of more games as well, because you know you'll try a lot of stuff, and some of it will stick, and some of it won't. Not mm. everything is going to be a power wash simulator, am I right? <laughs> That's a massive Game Pass hit that none of I think none of us like honestly would ever have tried if it wasn't for the fact that you can try it as part of yeah. your subscription. Um, and but I I do think you're right in the there is this link here between Game Pass, what Microsoft is doing with streaming, and uh, the future of it as a sort of a, an additional thing. You know, not something that you have to go out and buy new hardware for, not something you have to get another subscription for, and God knows we all have too many of those already, but as an option that is just there, if you want it, you know, it's, it may not be... In Microsoft itself, it says streaming is not going to be the best way that you're going to be playing these games, but let's say... Uh, you're looking at the, down the game pass list. There's a game there. It's like 60 gig to download. Um, just do the cloud version, you know, and give it 10 minutes, and you'll get a good enough feel of the game. And if it's good, you hit the download button. Come back to it in 30 minutes, um, and and it's there waiting for you. If it's not, you know, no harm done. You've not wasted 60 gigabytes worth of energy and your time downloading that. Uh, it's just to know that it's not your cup of tea. I, I um. I agree. I think, like, streaming is going to be the future of video games in the same way that, uh, you know, so few people now go out and go to h and Does HMV even still exist? I'm not sure. So. Okay. All the ones Everybody's near open. me have shut down. <laughs> Liv's like, what's HMV? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I'm not that young. I'm not that young.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> disbelieve. But... The, uh, I do think it's the future. I just think that Google Stadia got it, got it very wrong. Um, surprisingly wrong, I think, for a company that really knows its network stuff and has seemingly infinite money to throw at any issue. But it just, it didn't, it was appealing to a market that was already sort of quite happy doing its own thing and quite resistant, you know, to a sudden new force coming in without any exclusives, without a good pricing model. And uh, yeah, without without sort of people like I look at the shift from physical games to digital over time, and it's a notable shift, and it is the clear way that the industry is going. It is convenient. It is uh, you know it, it, it's it's good for so many different reasons, um, not least like not having loads of plastic game boxes messing up my living room and, and also like creating loads of plastic that's just going to get thrown away but it's, it's just easier um and but that didn't happen overnight like the shift from physical to digital has been an ongoing thing over the past decade and uh it's been it is people have you know chosen to pick up digital games maybe small games start off with and then like i can't remember the last time i went into a shop and bought a, a big game even It just doesn't happen anymore. But I never made a conscious decision like, right, I'm going to go out and buy, let's say, a console that only takes digital from here on out. Um, It's just something that I've slowly gotten used to over time. And I think that streaming is going to be the same thing. Like People do not overnight say, all right, I'm going to invest in a streaming console and everything I ever play in the future is just going to be streaming. Um, But with Xbox Game Plus, Pass, and I think Sony has noticed this because it is now copying it with PlayStation Plus Premium, bundling that into an existing subscription so that option is there is a much easier way to do it and to grow the streaming market and then you know as you have that gradual shift over the next decade to streaming hopefully around the world if it's still here and hasn't burnt down through nfts by now you will see that um internet speeds gradually get caught up with um people's desire to stream games in better fidelity um yeah so i think streaming is the future but google got it wrong and i think xbox and playstation have have a much better handle on what uh
1: what the industry transition is going to look like and you mentioned that change from some sort of um physical to, to digital and maybe this is maybe i've got my understanding of cloud gaming wrong but um as I understand it, cloud gaming would sort of solve a potential problem with digital gaming, which is um, storage capacity. Like everyone gets to a point where you've just completely filled your hard drive with all these games and you have to go and buy another hard drive to fill it. Whereas with cloud gaming, you don't need that because you're just streaming it, right? So it, you, know, you don't need as much storage um, digitally, which kind of solves a bit of that problem in some ways, um, which could be a good thing. But, again, we're just a long way from that, yet, I think.
0: There are definite advantages, yeah. David, do you see streaming as the future of gaming?
2: I think it... I'm not sure if I would say it's the absolute future, but I think I can definitely see it becoming kind of on par, you know, taking sort of an even share of of how people play games with alongside, like, digital, for example. that's
0: my standpoint on it yeah i think it's a growing it's a growing market it's a growing option and uh that option will only become more easy and and technologically i think improve over time it's just trying to launch a, a sort of offering that's very specifically geared towards that and requires a lot of your money and and just i don't know just there was so much friction to getting involved in it I think that was that was a big issue going into it like who wants to restart their gaming library all over again who wants to pay you know for even just you know pay for games which are available in game pass or playstation plus elsewhere Um, and the catalog was always sort of lackluster because not only was google having to convince consumers to get involved in it but it was also getting having to convince publishers to get involved in it too. Um, yeah.
1: So, sorry, Ed. Do we, do we think this is the end of gaming for Google? Because they, as I understand it, they shut down their first party studios for this. They're now shutting this down. Is this it for Google and gaming? Do we think that they might come up with an alternative solution in the future? Will they maybe make games in a different way? Or are they are they out now? What do you think,
2: Lou? I feel like it. I feel like it would be a sort of a bit of a shame if they kind of just said, "Well, that's it. We've we've done this and it's not worked, and we're just going to back out of it forever." Um, but I guess it is kind of difficult to know what what they'll do, what they would try next. I guess I guess the option for them would be difficult to 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 kind of to kind of make waves into it without kind of doing some sort of console or some sort of you know like xbox game pass-esque thing but it's kind of when when all your when all of your sort of current background and like foray into the gaming world was just you know a thing that you've now completely just getting rid of then it's kind of you know you it feels like they're gonna have to start again with something completely new a new product and you know try and get into into the gaming industry that way
0: i wonder if um at least in the short to medium term their interaction with games is just going to be we provide servers you know there's going to be plenty of need for online gaming servers in the future or streaming capacity. And they partner with someone else to do that. Microsoft is sorted. It has its own Azure platform and, and actually PlayStation, um, they signed, a, well, they, they made an agreement in principle to uh, use Microsoft stuff. But I wonder if Google can find use for some of its... Um, console technology with with third parties who might sign up for it that way but yeah it's just very difficult like you know you can throw billions of dollars at a problem that they want to solve like they want to get into the games industry and and to google that's just another in a very long list of projects which google has tried not had much success in and then decided to move on from because there's plenty of billions to make elsewhere and uh yeah, it turns out, you know, you can't money hat a successful game production company in time to make games, to launch games, to support this service that you're also trying to launch at the same time. Uh, it just, it's such a shame, like obviously the shutdown of the internal development studios is now about a year old. Um, but it felt at the time for the people who were working there, I think, like it, it's just a really frustrating period in their careers where they thought a company was behind them and invested for the long term, and it wasn't—you know—they didn't see the return, initial return that they wanted to, and they just binned it all off. And it, and it feels like you know people like Jade Raymond just wasted a year of their lives, uh, their careers just gone um, on pause essentially. Her new studio uh, is it Embark? No, it's Haven. Sorry, Haven Studio, which is working with PlayStation on a um, uh, on a exclusive IP for them. Um, you know like even the name of the studio haven is supposed to be like somewhere that people can shelter from what had happened at at stadia where i think everything was just extremely chaotic and no one knew what they were doing and 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 whatever they were working on there you know presumably we will never see it because it's, it's it was 12 months of a lot of people's lives that eventually got shut down and yeah, and that that is, that is a real shame too. You know, like we're talking about game preservation. Well, I, I would love to know some of the stuff that they were working on there, what that concept was, and uh, and how far it actually got. You know, how many, how many billions of Google's money ended up down on in the hands of game developers, and what were they doing with it before it was scrapped? It's a shame we'll never. I guess we'll never get to see it. But yeah, I can't see Google in the in the short to medium term going back to that now, I think it's been sufficiently burned. Uh, and I wonder what Phil Harrison will be up to next. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about developers finding out really late. It, it sounds like some of Google Stadia's own staff found out really late. Uh, you've got to feel for them. I, I feel for people who have very vociferously supported Stadia over the past couple of years. Um, yeah, not not a huge number of people, but I know the people that, it, you know, it's natural. You, you put money into a product, you want to see it do well. Um, yeah. So, the question, was Google Stadia doomed from the start? Ed? Yes or no? Hmm.
1: Interesting. Um, I want to say yes and no. I want to say yes because... <laughs> I, I just think that it was in some ways ahead of its time. Um, and I think that had technology or I think technology needs to be better to accomplish what Google was trying to do there. So I want to say yes, but I also want to say no, because streaming is sort of working with other, you know, other platforms, you know, had they got the pricing right and invested in different ways, maybe it could have worked out. Um, but I think it would have taken a long time to get to a point where it's successful. That's some great fencing. Well done,
0: <laughs> 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 Liv, Would you like to be a little bit more definitive? Yes or no? <laughs>
2: um,
0: Was it doomed from day one?
2: Not, not to take the coward's way out. But I do agree. I, I, I understand where Ed's coming from, and. I do agree with him, but if if you want a yes slash no, I will go with a subjective yes.
0: Okay, I think I'm going to go with uh, unsubjective yes and say <laughs> it was. I think when you look at everything that was there and, and not there critically, it was an emerging technology that just didn't get a great start and ultimately didn't have a company behind it that, was committed to it in the long term. You know, we see Microsoft come out with the first Xbox. Again, Liv, apologies. This is probably before your time. <laughs> I won't ask how old you <laughs> were when the first Xbox came out. But, like, that console did not do great. Um, but they stuck with it. And then the Xbox 360 came along. And that was suddenly the console that everybody fell in love with. Um, it's just a shame for... The games, for players, for developers, um, that Google didn't stick with Stadia longer, I think, but from the off you could see that it was a pretty um, uneven, I'll say, uh, yeah, offering. All right, um, that is all time we have for stadia just as google uh has decided the same um we'll leave it there for this week who knows what will happen next week but do join us again then we'll be talking about uh, the latest industry news until that point ed where can people find you on twitter you can find me at ed underscore knight. and Liv,
2: you can find me at just cast holy
0: And I'm at Tom Phillips EG. Thanks, everybody, for listening or watching. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. See
1: you next week.
2: Bye-bye.